Guardian Unlimited. Fernando Alonso closes the championship gap as McLaren tries Ferrari in Italy. Lewis Hamilton finishes second and leads the championship by just three points. Kimi Raikkonen takes third in the sole surviving Ferrari. Hello and welcome to the Formula One show on Guardian Unlimited. This is Morris Hamilton of The Observer as usual and I'm joined here in the paddock at Monza by Ian Phillips, the Business Affairs Manager at Spiker. Okay Ian, let's just for a moment leave the politics aside because we'll come on to that later and talk about the action on the track. McLaren 1-2, absolutely trounced Ferrari and I think a little bit of a lesson here for Lewis Hamilton from, from Fernando Alonso, the boy means business. Very much so. Very impressive from Alonso, wasn't it? All all weekend, pole position, cleaned it up at the start. Really got away brilliantly, and he was he was in control of this race. It seemed to me almost from Friday morning. I I don't know what it was. It was just a feeling. Let's, as you say, put all the politics to one side. I'm here. I'm the reigning two times world champion, and I got stitched up here by the FIA last year. Um, and Monza's my kind of circuit, and I have to say, I don't, I don't recall him putting a wheel wrong at any stage over the entire three days. And you know, uh, if anybody had written him off, don't. He might not be driving for McLaren next year, but I reckon he might be taking that number one somewhere. <laughs> Do you think it's significant, Ian, that uh, this weekend he kept himself free from all the sort of petty politicking that he has been involved in a little bit too much recently, certainly in Turkey and so on, the, the sort of moaning and the whinging and the complaining. He did, there wasn't a peep from him and he just got in the car and I thought his qualifying lap when he just absolutely took it over those curbs and really drove the wheels of that car told you what was in store. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, it, it was a man really was oozing confidence and I, I, I think you're right. We've we've had a lot of whinging and moaning of, of late and we did to be fair in his his years at Renault he tended he when he was rattled he whinged and moaned and this weekend to attack the curbs like like you say that uh, rightly that that he did that requires confidence because that's the way you have to drive Monza but if you get it wrong it can be catastrophic um, and he never to me put um, put a wheel wrong all, all weekend there was a man who was actually relaxed probably at ease with himself um, I think I probably know the reason for that because I think he knows which team he's driving for next year and it's not the one he's currently driving for. Oh, really? <laughs> Do tell more. <laughs> I, just the feeling I get from around the Renault camp is they know he's coming back. Okay, well, that would certainly be the message that we've been receiving because he, he's been less than happy with his situation at McLaren almost from the start of the season. But uh, he certainly got on with the business here. And also, I think uh, Lewis Hamilton was slightly shocked because I, I thought the expression on Lewis Hamilton's face yesterday when they finished qualifying and uh, Lewis Hamilton was examining the lap times and you could see him wondering how on earth did uh, Fernando Alonso do that and then as we were subsequently to find out Lewis Hamilton actually had less fuel on board we thought it might have been the other way around but no so a big lesson for Lewis here I think the gap is now three points he's got a fight in his hands with four races left yeah it's great and um, from a championship point of view it's absolutely great I mean it's difficult, but we mustn't lose sight of the fact this is Lewis's first year in Formula One. And Monza, all right, it consists of straights and a couple of chicanes, really. It's about bravery, but it's also, it requires a special skill round here in a, in a Formula One car. I mean, commitment, like we said earlier about 
hitting those curbs and so on. And to me, Lewis was just not brimful of um, confidence. It is a different circuit. It's a different type of circuit. Some drivers can't drive Monster at all. Some because it actually requires not a great deal of intelligence, actually look better here than they do, <laughs> do in other places, if you know what I mean. And um, no, I just don't think he quite got to grips with it. But that said, it didn't make a very good start, um, but he made a couple of good manoeuvres in, in the race. I thought the overtaking of uh, Kimi Raikkonen after his, uh, after his pit stop. I think Raikkonen was asleep, uh, to be honest, looked like it to me. But Jesus, didn't he? I mean, he surprised him. He jumped him and executed the move perfectly. I mean, that's, you know, to me, that defined the end of Ferrari's championship hopes. Uh, really, as far as on-track activity is concerned. Anyway, I mean, it just, it, to me, it just wrapped it up, and I saw that. And I want to see that moment again because I really, I really enjoyed that. No, I mean, Lewis, he's come away. He's in second place. He's still actually in the lead of the of, of the world championship. Um, and, you know, he's got to accept that not, he can't win them all, but if you can't win it, try and come second. And, and he did in a, you know, a pretty, in a pretty good manner, to be honest. So I don't think he can be at all disappointed. He's got to learn from his teammate, and he, and he is learning. And, you know, there's all, there's all to play for. Who's allowed to do what is, is, is something else. But at the moment, um, he's three points in, in, in the lead in the World Championship. Should be a very happy man. We shouldn't forget also, Ian, that uh, going into the first corner, he nearly took the lead from uh, from Fernando Alonso. And he had that little incident with Felipe Massa where they touched and it sent Lewis Hamilton across the inside of the apex of the second corner. But because he was ahead of the Ferrari, he wasn't penalised for that. But he was very aggressive from the start, wasn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, he, as I said earlier, he was a bit slow away and, and Massa got alongside him, if not a, a touch in, in, in front of him, really. Mm. Uh, but you're right, the, the way he took that first corner was 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 very bold because how many times over the years have we seen catastrophe at uh, at that first uh, corner and he he reasserted himself and as you say actually got back and was challenging his teammate i mean it, it all happened in a bit of a blur hang on have i missed something here <laughs> um but no i mean he got himself together well but you know thereafter there was no real opportunity he he might have been able to do something on the on the pit stops, but nothing really arose. It was just one of those races where nothing nothing really happened, did it? I mean, 20 out of 22 cars finished. Um, yeah, nothing really happened, and I think Lewis did what he did what he could. But he's come home. He's got another second place in in the bag, and he's sitting pretty, really. Well, you were saying, in that actually there were a few incidents, you're right, and there were only two retirements. One of whom, of course, was uh, Felipe Massa, uh, who was out very early after nine laps. Uh, but he looked very strong at the start because uh, he had that little touch. As he got ahead of Lewis Hamilton right at the very beginning, and then Lewis tried to run, well, did run around the outside of him at the first corner. They touched the left front of the Ferrari, hitting the right rear of the McLaren, no harm done. And Massa was really climbing all over the back of Lewis Hamilton, made him work all the way through that first lap. And then suddenly he dived into the pits. They thought actually he had a puncture because the back of the car felt odd. And that's why they changed the tyres, sent him out again. Uh, but there was more than that. It was a suspension problem. I think something connected with the rear dampers. Unusual for Ferrari to have problems like that, but they did. 
I think, Ian, it's fair to say that that has effectively written Massa out of the championship now. No results here. He's now fourth of the leading quartet. And I don't think with four races remaining, he's got much chance, has he? I, I think you're probably right there, uh, Morris. Ferrari actually weren't on the pace this weekend, were they really? I mean, the McLaren looked very good. I wondered whether perhaps they were doing a different strategy. They did run a, a one-stop. To be honest, a one-stop is, is a better way to go here normally. Um, it's supposed to be about six or seven seconds quicker. Yeah, um, the reason being, although the pit lane itself is, is straight and, and fairly easy, the cars are going so fast, the cars that are on the track are going so fast. I mean, they're coming past at 225 miles an hour while you're stationary. That, you know, you gain a lot of ground. Um, so I, I was surprised McLaren going for, for two, but I suspect that was to make sure that they annexed the front row of the grid. Uh, really, I think that was important to them. It was that, and also they were a bit nervous about the soft tyre, because uh, if you're going to do a one-stop, you've obviously got to run that soft tyre a long way, and they weren't convinced it was going to do half the race, so that was another reason why they went for that. But it did pay off for them, because, because they, had, they had such outstanding pace. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, there was a bit of a blistering problem with the, with the soft tyre, and I, one can understand the caution with McLaren after what happened in, uh, in yes. Turkey. It, uh, the Bridgetown guy said it, it is not... It really isn't a problem, but you can understand the caution that uh, that McLaren had. But you know their car was very good round here. Aerodynamically, it's very efficient, uh, and efficient cars generally look after their tyres. And I think such was the the margin of their pace. They were half a second quicker, really, than uh, than the. the Ferraris here and they, they were able to take the gamble of two stops if you like and it worked it worked a treat for them. Ferrari just surprisingly for Monza really because you know home track and, and and all the rest of it but from what I thought was looking to be a very good car four or five races ago McLaren have come back again I mean it's been a wonderful season <laughs> let's not get away from it and who knows we could be sitting in uh, under the shadow of Mount Fuji in four weeks time or whatever it is and saying Christ Ferrari are back on top again <laughs> well that's exactly it and that's been the way of it and uh, although it seems that when your weekend isn't going for you it really isn't because it only takes one small detail to, to knock you out of kilter let's look at Kimi Raikkonen for example he had that incident during uh, practice uh, yesterday morning they say he hit a bump and that's what sent the Ferrari into the wall suddenly I don't know but that's what they say so we have to go with what they say uh, it sent him into the tower wall and then into the T car for qualifying so he never really got the chance to set it up on the one strat one stop strategy as you said third was as good as it was going to get but of course the incident uh, where he went nose first into the tower wall at over 100 miles an hour I reckon uh, it actually affected his neck because he said towards the end of the race he was really struggling to keep his neck up so he was never going to be able to challenge the McLarens so he did well to hang on to third place and just keep his fingertip uh, hang on to the championship as well yeah I think I think that's absolutely right it is you know just the fingertips that, that are on it but the way the season's gone who knows Ferrari could just turn around um, and have some development in in the pipeline that's going to put them back on par again they'll race hard there'll be an incident and all of a sudden the gap will close that's what has been so wonderful about the 2007 championship I don't I don't buy into the fact that Raikkonen made a mistake for that incident yesterday I really don't buy that at all it was a very strange thing and you know one wonders if Massa's problem in the race wasn't um, a little bit potentially similar. Um, retiring a, a car with a damper problem? Mm. Fairly new one. Uh, well, in the old days, yes, but not 
not these days, you know, you electronically program the thing and send them back out again. Something is not quite right there, and it's probably a, a, a trick bit of kit that they've got on the car they don't want anybody to know about and say, give me be a nice boy and say you made a mistake. Um, we don't want to go into detail about this one. Um, yeah, you know, um, it wasn't a good race for Ferrari. Did The weekend just didn't click for them. But, you know, four days' time, we'll be in Belgium. Well, well that, that's the point, Ian. They haven't actually, if it is a problem, they, ha- they won't be able to go testing. They haven't got a chance to set to sort whatever problem that b- might be out, have they? No. Um, they. I suspect they'll be doing a, a shakedown test at uh, their own track in uh, Fiorano probably uh, every day this week <laughs> in the way that they seem to be able to do so. Um, I would say if it's something that's new on the car, they can revert back to what they had. Um, if, if, you know, we're, we're only speculating here, but uh, it may be it, it's something new and they can go back to a tried and trusted system because on if, if it's something like dampers, then you, then you can do it. It's, uh, uh, the, you've got to... Um, for it to be radical, then, because it's all affixed to the gearbox casing, you'd be talking about a whole different casing and stuff like that. So it's obviously interchangeable parts. So I wouldn't have thought they'd be too worried from from that point of view. A performance development that hasn't worked or isn't thoroughly enough tested yet. All right, Ian, we've been talking about the activity between the, the action between McLaren and Ferrari on the track, but I think at this point we should just take a little look at the politicking that's been going on in this paddock. Now, you know as well as I do, you've been coming here as long as me, that Monza and politics go hand in hand. Usually this time of year it's about driver contracts, and I know you've been involved in many <laughs> driver contracts, uh, signings and so on here, but this is a step above and beyond all of that, this 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 business about the, the Ferrari-McLaren spy scandal, the FIA, the governing body, uh, issuing copies of letters that have been sent to drivers, uh, the McLaren management being served some, not a writ, but a notice that they are up for criminal investigation here in Italy and so on. The pressure has been piled on McLaren-like I've never seen uh, applied to any team before. And it's been getting a little bit nasty. And in one way, I guess we can say, in that if there is to be any justice here, we saw it on the track this afternoon where the McLarens finished first and second and Ferrari struggled. Would you read it that way? Yeah, I would. I mean, a perfect answer from McLaren, who I think have act, acted in an extremely dignified way through through all of this. I think what is go- the behaviour that's going on, and there's a lot of guilty parties here, but it's been pretty disgusting. Um, by, you know, the governing body, the Italians, Ferraris... I may be wrong here, Maurice, but my reading of this was that uh, how this all started was that the Ferrari HR department didn't take notice they had a disgruntled English employee. And that's where it all started to go wrong. He was able to walk out of the gates with a computer loaded um, with material that he was able to put in a car boot sale if he wanted to. Um, You know, a Ferrari's problem, not McLaren's. Um, you know, and I think the way everything's been geared towards McLaren and naughty, nasty, guilty, this, that and the other, is absolutely disgusting. And I think uh, they must have been very, very tempted to publicly lose their rag. And I think they're behaving in an extremely dignified manner. I, I have to say, I'm not overly confident that they're going to be um, fairly judged in whatever court they're in front of, be it here in Italy, be it something in, in Paris, whatever, I think it's going to be very, very, very difficult at, at, at this stage. I feel re- very sorry for them. 
Uh, Ron Dennis in particular is a man who I've known 35, 36 years, but he's been in Formula One for 25 years. And other than Bernie Eccleston, he is probably the, the individual more responsible for the raising of standards in Formula One, be it car preparation, team preparation, whatever, uh, than anybody else over 25 years, won enormous amount of championships and, and so on, and has always behaved extremely correctly, really, uh, during that time. And I feel very, very sorry for what he's being put through right now because I don't really think he deserves it, nor does his company. Now, we saw Ron Dennis after the race in, in tears with, with his wife because I think that was just purely, he's, he's not really a man who likes to, he doesn't like to show emotion, but I think that was a sure sign of how he and his team have been put through the mango this week and, and just the relief of finishing first and second told you all you needed to know about what was going on in his head. But he now knows, Ian, that he's got this World Council meeting taking place in Paris. They're being reconvened, they've already met, they've already cleared McLaren, but the Ferrari have said no, there's other evidence and they've got the head of Italian motorsport to uh, ask for an appeal and, and, and draw the FIA's attention to it and in, incidentally that, that very person who has connections with Ferrari as I think you've mentioned in the past was actually giving out the awards and the podium today but I noticed they didn't allow him to give the constructors award to Ron Dennis that would have been too much it would have been nice to see <laughs> he gave it the third place one to to Kimi Raikkonen but um, the point is that this World Council meeting has been held on Thursday they wouldn't be reconvened if they didn't think they had powerful information that they're going to hang McLaren by from this distance, what is the worst-case scenario? What do you think the FIA can do to McLaren? I, I suspect that they won't want to punish the drivers um, or allow the drivers to be affected because I think there's no evidence that they've been involved in any of this. Um, therefore, the penalties, if any, are likely to be uh, aimed at McLaren as a company, which... I think means stripping them of what is likely to be a well a constructors championship they will take away their constructors points or some of them um, maybe for for the whole of the season maybe they'll do it in a sort of football way and start them on some negative points for for next year let this year run but sorry you're guilty you know you won't be scoring constructors points next year it, to my mind it will be that sort of uh, scenario I don't anticipate any way at all that they will not be racing either for the rest of this year or next year I, I really really don't I think it will be something that will punish McLaren and remember if you get your constructors points taken away that's 50% of uh, the money that uh, you're going to receive from uh, Mr. Eccleston when he starts dishing out the prize money on a on a quarterly basis, and you know if you're world champion constructors, that's a big lot of dough. And put a put a figure on it. Well, if it happens for this year and next year, it's not going to be far short of 100 million US dollars. Good grief, and. Do you th so so we, we think that's but that's a possible outcome. But wearing your commercial hat for a moment, Ian, and looking at the broader picture for Formula One, is this whole affair doing damage? Is it scaring sponsors away? Is it making sponsors think twice about coming into Formula One? I don't think so. At the end of the day, I'm a bit of a believer in all publicity is good publicity. And I would say um, 
Vodafone, Johnny Walker, Santander, Mercedes. I don't think they're too bothered about it, are they really? I mean, they're getting phenomenal amount of uh, television coverage out of this. I mean, remember, it's just not every other every other weekend now. It's almost every day there's something appearing on news channels all all around the world. You know, sport itself likes a bit of controversy, and that's why people get involved. Is there any damage now? I think the damage that is being done is uh, to the integrity of the people at McLaren, which I, I, I believe is is unjustified. I really, really do, and. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, I'm sure it is absolutely the case that all of McLaren's directors and sponsors and partners are 100% behind their team. It is a company that's set standards over over the years, as I've said, but also in the way that it deals with people, not just what we see in terms of cars, expensive motorhomes, the way they deal with people. They are decent people, far better than... 99% of anybody else in in the paddock and the people that know them will support them. All right, let's let's just return thankfully to the to the track now in. And look, guess who finished fourth? Well, a BMW, and there's a surprise. <laughs> that place is reserved for them. There's no doubt on the result sheet, but nonetheless, uh, it was a very good uh, performance once again from them because they they um, they were running two stops and uh, the safety car, which came out very early when David Coulthard crashed, helped the others who were on a one stop. Otherwise, the BMW might have done even better, but nonetheless, Nick Heidfeld finishing fourth. Very strong race there. Robert Kubica following through. Great recovery from him into fifth place because uh, when he came in for his pit stop, uh, one of his pit stops, he actually parked slightly on an angle so that when they jacked the car up, it fell off the front jack, cost him an extra 10 seconds. He had to recover, and he did so brilliantly with a fantastic overtaking move uh, on Nico Rosberg going into the chicane, used his fresh tyres to full advantage and got by the Williams there. So BMW's fourth and fifth, the, the best of the rest yet again. Yeah, they've consolidated that now, haven't they? Um, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised they haven't made more of an inroad on the McLaren-Ferrari duo. I mean, it's about a second a lap, to be honest, that those two have got over over the rest of the field. But, you know, fair, fair play to them. They, they've looked pretty strong all through the year, and now there's nobody really challenging them for, uh, for third place in the championship. And remember, that as, as a team of BMW, they're only in their second year. I know they were Sauber for years and years and years, but it was pretty much a wholesale culture change when when BMW bought them. Um, and I've been impressed because actually they've quietly got on and done the job efficiently. I mean, as Sauber, they're always nice people, but a team that totally lacked ambition, just happy to be there. And you know, you can see that this this team's going places. They've got a, a very good driver pairing in uh, Heidfeld and, and Kubica, um, and I was very impressed with the way uh, Kubica recovered from that um, pit stop because that was a bit calamitous. Um, and the people he had to to get past the two people who finished right behind him, Rosberg and Kovalainen. I mean, those three, Kubica, Rosberg, and Kovalainen, really are starting to emerge as a, as a real men for the future. And, you know, if, if McLaren is going to lose one of their 
drivers, I should imagine they'll be looking at, well, we know Heidfeld and Kubica are not on the market. I suspect that Kovalainen isn't, but Rosberg could be the man that emerges to fill any surprising vacancy that might occur over the next 10 days. I think you're right, and of course his best result of the year so far, sixth place, uh, helped Williams strengthen fifth place in the Constructors' Championship. Very good, strong drive from, from Nico Rosberg, as we've seen and as you've hinted at. Heike Kovalainen, really, the, the Renault just not working here in low downforce at all. Real struggle for him. His teammate uh, Giancarlo Fisichella, well, he was doomed from the start. 15th on the grid was never going to get anywhere. And we saw the result there as he struggled into 12th place. But finishing 8th and taking the final point, Jensen Button in the Honda, running one stop, brave strategy, really gutsy race, fought all the way uh, with, with uh, Fisichella at one point, uh, really fighting hard, Button, and deserved that point. Uh, Honda, I think, will be grateful for that because after such a dismal season. Honda, Monza, next door to their home race in Japan, Monza is the most important race for Honda. When we were Jordan Honda years and years ago, we won here. And Eddie Jordan and I had to go over to Japan with the trophy. We, we walked into this room, their drawing office, 5,000 people in the drawing office. <laughs> and uh, we were always told that Monza was special. Remember, Big John Surtees won here in 1967, their first win in Europe, I, I think it was. The, one of the most challenging circuits for engines actually in, in the whole year. And, you know, Honda essentially is all about engines. And in, in the years that I spent working with them, we always had a Monza special. And the way that car <laughs> was performing this weekend, you could tell somehow or another, despite fixed spec or whatever, that Honda engine was producing a lot more horsepower than uh, Jensen Button's been used to in recent times. <laughs> So after 53 laps of the Italian Grand Prix, we actually had 20 finishers. Uh, very impressive reliability because after, as Ian, as you were saying there, uh, engines take a heck of a lot of punishment here. So the only two retirements were Felipe Massa, as we mentioned, because of uh, suspension trouble early in the race. And David Coulthard went out uh, on the first lap or on the second lap after an incident. He hit the back of Giancarlo Fisichella damaged the front uh, nose wing on the Red Bull. That nose wing folded under the front of the car at a very inconvenient place, going into the Curva Grande at about 180 miles an hour. The uh, car understeered off, Coulthard into the barrier. He's perfectly all right. But they were the only two retirements at the end of uh, this 13th round of the championship. So uh, 13 rounds gone, and we've got uh, four to go. Lewis Hamilton still leads the world championship on 92 points. Then we've got Fernando Alonso, his win today, bringing in within three points. He's on 89. Kimi Raikkonen, third place, brings him up to 74. But Felipe Massa, no points at all. The second time this year that he scored no points. Uh, the other time, by the way, was in Canada when he was ruled out for having uh, passed a red light in the pit lane. He now is on 69, a very tall order for him to make any inroads with four rounds remaining and the reliability and form being shown by the leading drivers. It's, it's almost impossible for him to catch up. Nick Heidfeld <coughs> consolidated his position fifth on 52 points. Then Robert Beach's teammate is on 33. Now looking at the Constructors' Championship, this is the one we think is going to be affected uh, more seriously by the forthcoming World Council meeting in Paris next Thursday. 
as things stand, McLaren Mercedes with another 1-2, which is their third of the season, puts them on 166 points. And that, by the way, does not count the 15 points which were taken off them for Hungary. Ferrari, having scored only six points, are on 143. That could change in a couple of days' times, but for the moment, that is the way things stand. We'll have more news for you in one week's time when we go to the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa-Francorchamps. Ian Phillips and I will be there, as ever, to bring you all the detail, all the gossip, all the stories from that but in the meantime this is Morris Hamilton signing off saying thanks very much indeed for joining us here on the Formula 1 show on Guardian Unlimited and in the meantime safe motoring keep the revs up thanks for joining us cheerio Guardian Unlimited